All right, and welcome. This is the First Baptist Blanchard Podcast. This is episode eight. You've got Joe Prater here, and uh, we're here with Pastor Clay uh, for another little message with the pastor. Uh, we're still in Nehemiah. Uh, we're going to remain in there for a few more months, year, uh, as we go through and, and learn about more about work before the work. Uh, if you don't remember, go back and listen to the last one. We talked about work before the work. Uh, we talked about how we need to go in and and be prepared to do God's work, and we can't just show up and be ready to go. We've got to do the preparation for it. So, Brother Clay, what you got this morning? All right, Joe. Good to, good to be back on, around the mic and uh, hearing some of our members and, and just people out in the uh, audience out there saying they're starting to listen to our podcast. That's encouraging. It's just not that we're in here making some noise and uh, nobody's listening to it. So uh, that's good that we have a few followers and some folks. And it seems like every week we're growing by a few more here and there. So glad to get this word out. Um, today, just want to talk a little bit more about the message and uh, kind of drill a little deeper, maybe not too deep, but kind of just go in there. Um, I've been encouraged, Joe, by um, our folks actually paying attention and listening. Um, I've had different conversations with with folks or uh, reading something they've put out somewhere, and they're they're using that that phrase "work before the work," and uh, it's really kind of become catchy around here. And I'm just kind of excited about it. Too. It actually has a pretty good ring to it. It's, <laughs> it's something something easy to remember, and it's a, a pretty uh, impactful statement. It, it's got a lot of of ways that it can be interpreted around the church, especially. But uh, yeah, it's definitely one that that I've heard more than one person use now, and it's used among the staff, and it's it's uh, repeated back during any of our ministry meetings or, or preparing for services or anything. Uh, we had great work before the work last night, getting ready for this Sunday service. So uh, it turned into more of a time of praise and and uh, prayer for some. So it's 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 great. A lot of good things. It's one of those things, man. You you put together a phrase or you hear a phrase. You know what's pretty cool? Um, Ecclesiastes tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. And so when we come up with a phrase like that, you know, maybe 20 years ago somebody might have used that. 30 years ago, 50. And, um, you know, when God puts something on somebody else's heart, you know, he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> he doesn't have to reinvent right. the work before the work. It's been something that's been out there, and it's just something that kind of, it just kind of took hold to our people, and it kind of took hold to me that, that we see that, you know, a prayer time is a work before the work, a, um, a, a reading our Bible work before the work. So there's, it just makes so much sense when you just get around something as a, a simple little catchphrase like that. But um, getting moving forward, um, where we looked at Nehemiah uh, last week, we looked at verses 17 through 20, and there was a phrase in there, setting hands to the good work. And so Nehemiah last week, he he rested, he, he was able to remember who put the work upon his heart, and then he had a time of review where he examined, he assessed uh, the wall, he assessed the, the big project. You know, a lot of times we have to look at the big picture. You know, not everybody can come in my office and sit down and see this big picture that that, that I probably have been slowly working on through, um, you know, this year and a half that I've been here, seeing the things that we could potentially expand on and grow and, and make some ministries look really good. So there isn't a time of assessment that you have to examine, see see what's happening, kind of, um, you know, different ministries that maybe um, have run its course. 
And and we don't really look at that in the church. You know what we tend to do? We, we tend to beat that old horse to death, to death, and just keep riding it until it completely dies. And that's why it's good um, in some instances once you've had a pastor that's been here 30 years and then one that's been here 10, 12 years to bring in a set of fresh eyes, a, a fresh person to see something a little bit different. And, um, you know, I, I pretty much have a, a map laid out in my office, some things that, that some changes, some things that we need to revamp and fix. But you know what? Not everybody can come in there and see that and handle that big picture all at once. You know, it. we've been talking about building a wall, uh, Nehemiah's rebuilding the wall, uh, rebuilding Jerusalem. And and one thing that comes into mind with that is is the bricks. You know, it's on our banner. It's on the, the screen there, the one times one equals one, building the kingdom and uh, building a legacy. Well, he also put gates around the wall. He also put capstones on the wall. He also put support structures in the wall. And we all can't be a gate. We all can't be a capstone. But we all have a very specific place. And if you don't have those bricks and those each individual bricks and stones in that wall, then your wall is useless. And it's kind of like that with a church. If, if we don't have the right stones holding that door up, the door is useless. The door doesn't keep uh, anything bad away. And, and so I kind of look at that, and I've been thinking about it, and I... Um, if y'all could just see his face, he's kind of like, oh, no, where is he going? But no, um, it, it's almost like prayer. If you don't have somebody supporting the guys that that truly pour their heart out into prayer, you know, some people just have that gift of, of I'm not going to say intercession, but it, it's a gift that they just, they pray. They have the time in their life and they do nothing but, but pray for this church. Well, if we can support them, they're a brick. They're a door. They're the one that are going to keep this this place going, and they're the ones that are going to keep your mission and our mission as a church uh, to a point where we can support it and we can reach the community and reach others, which is the Great Commission um, out there, and and we all need to be aware of that. So, mm-hmm. Well, I'll go ahead and read that scripture, Nehemiah two seventeen through 20. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we're in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned? Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer reproach, is is the word that's there. I changed it up from what was there. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands to the good work. So they, they put their hands to the work. They were ready. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Amorite, um, servants and Geshem, the Arabian, heard of it, they jeered at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Then I replied to them, The God of heaven will make us prosper, and we his servants will rise and build, but you have no portion or right to claim in Jerusalem. So there's a few things that we talked about in there last week, um, what was happening here and what was going on. Um, 17 was was talking about um, they looked at the reproach that they were in. They looked that they were despised. Why? Because if you looked around at the city at its present time and its context there, what did it look like? Well, they had a nice, beautiful temple, but the walls of the city were still destroyed. There was rubble still reminding them of what happened here, that, that there was a, a battle that happened. And it looked like their God had abandoned them, which he had. 
He told them, if you, if you leave me, if you turn your back on me, then I will scatter you. But if you turn back to me, I will gather you back to myself. That's where we are today, too. You know, if we turn our back as a nation, we keep turning our back on God and keep turning to idols, um, uh, all the different sins that are in the Bible. If we keep turning our back and worshiping other gods, that's, in, uh, you know, an idol. We, we don't really think about that a whole lot now. But if we look at it at like this, anything that we put before God is an idol. And, man, there are a ton of them out there today. There's many things that people put ahead of God, and, and uh, they just kind of put him on a shelf. And when things are shaky and when things are bad, they want to call upon him and, and bring him into the mix. But I think right here we need to see that God hadn't turned his back on them. He was actually gathered them back, and, and they were slowly coming back to this city, the capital city of Jerusalem. They were coming back, we saw in three waves. Um, the first one, uh, the second one, now Nehemiah has brought the second wave of captives back and they're beginning to build. And he's just assessing the situation. He's saying, hey, you know what, guys? He's given that big picture thing. He's saying, hey, look, here's the testimony. The good hand of God is on this. God has already given me the vision. He's already given me what we need to do. He's, he's already told me how to put the walls back. He's already kind of given Nehemiah everything he needed. And the next thing, he said, the good hand of the little K king, the, the king Artaxerxes had already given him the permission slip to go ahead and to build it all back. So even though um, uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Gresham they felt like they had the whole city um, um, covered where nobody could penetrate and get in. Well, Nehemiah had the permission slip of the king to say, we're coming in. We're going we're gonna to rebuild this city. We're going to take over. And the days ahead, we're going to see how they were kind of upset about that and everything. So he wanted, he wanted to, to, to make sure the people realized, okay, here's the bad news, but here's the good news. And isn't that what we're to do today? We're to bring that good news to lost people. Lost people are in bad news. They need to know that they're a sinner and that they need a Savior. They need to understand that they were dead in their transgressions, their, their sin. They need to understand that their righteousness is as filthy rags to a holy God um, that works won't, won't get us there. So when you're sharing the gospel with somebody, it feels like a lot of negative coming out. But then you're coming around and you're giving them the good news. And this is just what Nehemiah was doing. He's saying, look around. The city's in distress. It's all torn up. But, hey, guys, here's the good news. Uh, the big K king, God, our, our God, he's behind us. And, and we're going to build these walls back. We're going to put the city back together. And, uh, you know, that's us today, too. We have a testimony, Joe. We, we have been tested. We have saw that we were a sinner and that we needed a Savior. And the Holy Spirit of God began to convict us of our sin and to show us of our sinful nature. And then he comes in and he says, Hey, here's my son Jesus who shed his blood and made a way for you to get to heaven, made a way for you to have forgiveness of sin called atonement. We have atonement in our lives. And so, um, man, it's, it's, it's kind of like we have this good news that we could share with our, our Blanchard community. We have this good news that we can go and we go to other uh, states as we do mission work and stuff. We can bring that good news of what Jesus has done in our life. Then we can go overseas and we can share there. Um, kind of like something like called the Great Commission. You it, know, we, it, I've seen it. <laughs> it's 
it may be on a wall up here. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's it's amazing. Um, as we we start going and we deliver the message, you know, through this, uh, everybody receives message differently, right? So God speaks through your message, and it may mean to some as a uh, a physical boundary, and they're like, hey, look, I look at Blanchard as my Jerusalem. I look at it as we need to rebuild our town. We need to go through, and we need to reach those people. You know, maybe some families and some homes have been scattered through here, and and unfortunately, the world scatters a lot of people, and, you know, through divorce and through just jobs and, and lack thereof in an area. Well, as a church, it's our job to kind of bring all that back together and create that that uh, boundary and that, that spiritual uh, wall so that we can protect others, that, that prayer wall, I guess you could say, the, a brick of uh, nothing but prayer bricks everywhere, and, and support them. But, but I look at it as, I look at it as, you know, the things in my life will scatter me. And so I need to bring God back to the center of my life. I need to make sure that, that he's, my internal Jerusalem is being taken care of. And it may be that self-reflection. It may be going and, and looking and say, hey, really, am I doing what I need to do for myself? and then for my family, and then for my church. I'm useless uh, in any other way. It's kind of like you hire somebody to build a home or to, to fix your car, and then they show up, and you're like, they have to work on their car first before they can start working on yours just to get there. That's not the mechanic you want. And it's not saying that they're not a good mechanic. It's just it's just an, uh, an illustration, I guess, that we use because – if we don't have a strong prayer life, if we don't have a strong uh, foundation to our faith and to anything that we do, how can we be expected to come in here and and actually support the church in their mission? We have to solidify our mission first is the way I look at it. Um, but like I said, it, it, it meets everybody no, a little like bit different. I like where you're going with that because that was the second point of that message that week, a response. And so the message was preached Sunday, and there's a response been happening in your life. And you know what? It happens in the lives of other people. They don't just sit out there and God's Word go back void. It begins to move inside people's hearts and lives. And we did have a response after the service. We saw um, a, a guy get saved after that service. I've had many phone calls after this asking me some more questions, how, you know, some this and some that thing. So God is working here. If there's one thing that excites me right now, it's just like this. Before we had the revival, we saw some people getting saved. And I told Brother Jim, and I told many people that are in, in kind of close around me, um, we may be having a meeting uh, on those dates in March, but I said uh, the revival's already started, and we're still seeing what, what God's doing because he's at work and, and he's saving people. So there is a response to, to the message, and they responded. They said, hey, we, we see what's going on. We need to rise up and build this. You know what? He didn't have to tell them what to do. He, he showed them the need. He showed them the what was going on, and they just responded, hey, let us do it. Kind of what happened in, in uh, Ezra, too, where, where it was talking about there when they were talking about um, they had sinned and they had messed up, and they said the same thing. Hey, you tell us what to do, and we'll do it. Um, you know, that's a, good, that's a good response. I like those kind of responses. And so these folks were ready to rise up and build. They were ready to do something. And, um, you know, that, that leads us to the next thing that was there 
where um, Tobiah and Sanballat had came into the mix. You know, when we're doing the right thing, uh, serving God, doing the things that, that he, he asks us to do and, and tells you're going to have ridicule. You're going to have people come alongside you and laugh at you. You're going to have people that will come alongside and say, oh, you can't do that. Um, probably like what you're saying right now in your life, you're, you're ready to put God more on the forefront. And you know what? It's going to happen, especially with us with families. Um, it starts to cause a, a, um, a friction a little bit, especially when one of us inside the marriage gets really like on fire and, you know, we're wanting to get involved in every ministry that's going on. That causes a word called tension. There, there brings a tension in there. Tension's not an ugly word. It's really a good word. It, it, it's, it's healthy. It's healthy tension that we need. And uh, you know what? I shared this with a guy this week. As the men of the home, as the spiritual leader, we're to be leading our family by example. We're to be leading them in, in those different things. And you know what? A lot of times we get ridicule when we start doing it. Oh, Dad, now you're you're, you're uh, Bible thumping now. Oh, Dad, you're... You're, you're, oh, you're wanting to do this now. Or, oh, Dad, it's, it's oh, I see you're trying to lead like this, you know. Hey, let me, let me just tell you, if y'all don't know this, I have three kids, and uh, I raised three of them. Uh, I'm raising three. Uh, two of them are out of my home now. But you know what? I surrendered to ministry later in my life. So they see Dad as an entrepreneur first, uh, um, a guy that was a breadwinner and, you know, excited about building buildings and doing all this thing with these restaurants and everything. And then then probably later in my life, they see a guy that surrendered into ministry, gave up all that, that stuff, and they're like, wow, what's different? You know, there's diff- there, there should be a difference. And you know what, in that, there was a lot of times where my oldest one especially, he would give me some, some ridicule. He'd be saying, you know, so now you're, you know, you're this or you're that. So, you know, we have those things that, that happen in our life. And then, um, they kind of laugh at us. Sometimes they despise us. Sometimes they accuse us and these different things. And that's kind of what uh, Nehemiah had to go through uh, to, to start that, those, those naysayers out there. You know what? We're going to have some naysayers out there. Um, they may not understand the big mission. They may not understand the big picture. But you know what? We're going to keep the trial in one hand, and we'll keep the sword in the other. We're going to keep sharing the gospel here at Blanchard. We're going to keep uh, uh, ministering to, to our community. We're going to keep doing these serve projects. We're going to keep doing the love projects that we're doing. And we're going to see not only our community grow, we're going to see individuals grow. I'm already seeing it, seeing a, a fresh spark inside people's lives. And you know what that is? It gets contagious. Man, you start seeing people baptized and saved, and they're just starting to plug in and do some things. So there is uh, some excitement buzzing around here. We have a potential worship leader that uh, we're going to vote on this Sunday, and uh, he got to get around some of our folks last night and um, with uh, former choir members, uh, choir members that are ready to get started, our praise team, our praise band, our media folks. Man, when I left out of here last night, they were buzzing. They were like, oh, my goodness. We got somebody good coming on. And so I just want to encourage folks that are listening, that, that are kind of on the fence. Hey, should we go visit First Baptist? Should we look at them? Should we watch their their uh, their web uh, site and, and see their live ministries going on? Should we even look at it? So I'm just encouraging you. Yeah, you should. There's some great things happening here. Yeah, we, um, in case those that listen don't really realize, um, just do your research on our community. Just drive around, 
Look at the the physical walls of, of Blanchard, I guess, going up. Look at the housing going up. Look at the number of people moving into our area. Look at our housing, what, what we call a housing boom. Um, if you don't think there's people out there to reach, then you're not looking in the right spots. You're, you're too self-contained at that point. There are people out there to reach, and there's there's ways to minister. There, there's a ministry. This is a ministry that we're doing right now, Brother Clay, between it was just kind of a, a joking around, uh, something we said, we ought to try that, and we kind of got to looking at it and listening to others. We're like, you know what? We need to do it. Well, we're gaining. We get about 20 to 30 listeners a week. Uh, some of them are the same people. Some of them aren't. We expect you all to share. Uh, we don't want to overwhelm you with with reminders, but uh, if that's what you want, I'll be more than happy to set up a text group and over, <laughs> overwhelm you with reminders. Uh, but uh, same way with our, our live broadcasting. You know, we're trying to expand in some different channels. Uh, we're getting anywhere from uh, 20 to 70 a week. Some are on for 10 minutes and some are on for the duration. So we're trying to to engage that ministry. How do we engage these people? We keep them coming. We keep everything uh, uh, consistent. And then we, we, we as a worship or a media team uh, support you as the pastor. One thing that was mentioned last night, you know, you can't ex- be expected to get up there and preach if we haven't done our work prior to. Same way as you. You have to prepare. The media has to prepare. The singers have to prepare. The choir, uh, if you're not a member of the choir, come on. We're fixing this. Look, band's getting back together, for lack of better terms. There's a choir that wants to just worship. There's a choir that just wants to fellowship. Uh, just watching the choir members that hadn't even sat next to each other, or been close to each other in a while, um, they got right back into it. Uh, they were just sitting in there talking to to that to the potential leader, and they instantly picked up, started cutting up and having a good time, but then still had that that little bit of a worship time. So there's some big things happening. Um, Man, uh, I'm going to just tell you this. Don't I, leave your family behind in this. You talked about right. family. That's right. And some of that tension is good, And but my family just wants to be involved together. And, and sometimes if you try to get involved without them, um, the tension will increase. It doesn't mean that they don't want you to do what you're doing. It just means that they... They need to be involved. And I know my wife will probably listen to this, and she's like, you know, if I get in trouble when I get home, great. She just wants to be involved, and I need to make sure that I don't neglect my family. It is God and then family and then the church. But we can engage our family in this this journey, in this ministry. Um, it, it, that's just part of it. We're, we're, we can't leave them behind. I, I, man, cannot leave your family behind and... Uh, I think we all have at one point, and and that's just something that we have to work on. That's a man. That's a whole another podcast. That's a whole another podcast. Um, but I was going to say this: <clears throat> you you you've led in without us having a, a written out skit or anything like this. Uh, nothing that we're going off of. You led right into the next um, point in this. There is a reply. There there has to be a response to to what we've heard and what's going on. And, and that's kind of what, what they were doing there in Nehemiah. They were saying, uh, God said, I will. And, and so he, he gave them the mission, and they just, and, and God's behind it. And he's saying, go for it, do it. And uh, so um, they were just r- reminded that, that God had given them 
the permission slip, and God gave them the reply and gave them that. So they were they were able to do it. And then they said, "We will," and so they were ready to build. They they were ready to do what it is. And um, then don't be like the third party that I put in there on that message. We won't. We won't get involved. We won't do this. We won't do that. Um, but but flip that. We won't. We won't be intimidated. They weren't intimidated by Sam Ballot. They weren't in, inten- intimidated about the things uh, that were happening. And so we do have a reply. We will. We will get involved. We will be a part of the things that's going on. Um, all throughout this, re- we have kind of weaved in application to to what we're talking about here. So don't get discouraged when, when you're sharing the gospel with people and they have to think about it or, or they have to, you know, it's the Holy Spirit of God starting to move inside that life. So they're not always going to re- respond with, yeah, I want to accept Jesus today or, you know, okay, I need to pray about that or, hey, I need to think about that a little bit further. Well, and, and you've even said it before, and I know Brother Jim said it, that may not be what God has in store for you delivering the message to them. You could just be doing the foundation. You could be the cornerstone of their wall. You could be just the, makes them more inquisitive. Some people, I look, if anybody knows me, I'm a numbers guy. I'm not going to jump on board until I look at the numbers on it. I, I'm Sciences and everything like that. But you get me intrigued. You, you make me think, okay, uh, with Nehemiah, never really understood the wall stuff. So what did I do? I looked at the wall. You have me pulling maps and stuff, and then looking at the maps, I want to make sure I vet the maps and that they're the right maps. Well, I've learned just through that the phases of building that wall and building Jerusalem and then what's existing today and how it didn't happen overnight. It happened pretty quick, but then there was a smaller area, and then as they grew, it became a bigger area, a bigger wall, bigger protection, more people there, and then it just kind of engaged and grew over time, and it's 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 a process. Man, you are knocking so, the ball out well, of the park today because that's where we're going this next Sunday. We're going to talk about the actual. Well, then we need to quit talking and tell many, them to be there right. at eight a.m. Right. and they need to come meet. Uh, I guess we can say his Kirk name. Talley. I mean, Kirk Talley's coming yeah. in this Sunday at uh, eight a.m. Uh, for the first service. Eight a.m. I'll say it again. It's no longer eight fifteen. Uh, it gives the preacher more time. It gives the worship pastor more time. Uh, Kirk's going to, I'm telling you, we were blessed last night. He's going to come in, and he's going to get the service going. So uh, be ready. Uh, I think I think Brother Clay has tennis shoes this time, but uh, or, or spiritual tennis shoes for sure, and we're fixing to run some, run some messages on Sunday. It's going to be ready to go, and, and if you don't think it is, I'll, I'll tell you one thing we've worked for and something we talk about in the band. If we're worried about the service, it's too late. Uh, we should be in a prayer of expectation. I, I know and I expect when I get here Sunday, I expect God to be here. I expect Him to show up and I expect Him to be in the message that you plan on delivering, the message that Kirk's going to deliver through song and through worship and the band and and the whole media team and everything else. So, uh, And if you come to the 8 a.m., if it wasn't enough, stay for Sunday school, 9.15 Sunday school. Or you can show up for Sunday school and then come to the 10.30 a.m., get that primer with Sunday school. Look, get hopped up on donuts and coffee. <laughs> uh, if you leave your child in the back, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know we're going to. No, we really won't. But if you want us to, we'll serve red Kool-Aid. If you need red Kool-Aid in your, in your uh, Sunday school, we'll get you in there to get it fired up and get people ready. Um, 
So support that ministry in prayer. Build those walls with those bricks. I, man, I mean, I know that was probably your line. Sorry. No, but, I was going to say, but, man, <laughs> you, 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 um, you sound like you bought into work before the work. I mean, there is prayer. I have. There is I, prayer before these services. If we haven't been praying all week for God to, to move, why would we expect Him to do something on, on a Sunday morning when we've not put in our effort too? Because we need to be praying. We need to be interceding for lost people. We need to be begging. Man, we did that last night at Wednesday night. I was praying, man, Lord, just bring people here. Start stirring in their heart right now. And then, you know, the work before the word. I'm not scared to work. And I get in trouble trouble, uh, for working too much (laughs) with my family. And I have to really throttle back. But but dedicate that work to the right mission. Dedicate Mm -hmm. that work to the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then... Then we'll see the benefits of this church. Then mm-hmm. we'll really see, uh, have the visible movement of God. God's moving. God's here. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if you don't believe us, show up. Amen. Once again, 8 a.m. Sunday, 9.15 Sunday school. If you didn't get enough with those first two, stay for the 10.30 service again. I'll tell you this. If you're coming to, uh, to listen to Kirk in view of a call, uh, we vote this Sunday right after That's the right. service. And stay for the 1030 service. Come in here. Hear the message twice. He doesn't, he preaches the same Come verses, but not necessarily the same message is going to be delivered to you. It depends on what you are expected to hear from God. So stay again. Listen to Kirk Scene. We've, he's got two separate little uh, songs and, and song services lined up, uh, really showcasing what he's about and his ministry. It's not showcasing him. It's showcasing him and his wife's ministry, uh, him and Jordan, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. So hey, I'll pitch this one too. Just just um, your hammering is pretty hard to be here in person. But you know what? If you can't be here, what do we have? We have a, a nice website that hey, you can look, get on www.fbcblanchard.com. Go and uh, we're still in the the design phase of that. Go over and it should say uh, sermons and then watch live and click on watch live. If you can't find it there, Google it. FBC Blanchard Live or Boxcast. If you can't get that. Call the church office. Send an email to Pastor Secretary, Pastor SEC, Pastor Sec at fbcblanchard.com. If that doesn't work, send an email to media at fbcblanchard.com, and we'll make sure that you get that information before Sunday. We've had some great responses. We can see all across the country where people are are uh, viewing our, our services, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Baton Rouge, uh, we had some in, way down in the bottom of Louisiana, Dallas, Plano, Indiana, Ohio, uh, some foreign countries. Yeah, I was going to say, don't talk about those. Yeah, some foreign pond. countries uh, across the, 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 the pond over there or whatever they want to call it. Uh, so join us there. I'm telling you, join us, join us, join us. And Brother if you Cl- have prayer, prayer requests, prayer request. send them to the same thing. You can tell I'm a, a SEC football fan because it's Pastor SEC. Yeah, Pastor SEC. <laughs> At fbcblanchard.com. Yeah, so send, send them there, them, right. and they'll get forwarded to the right person. That is Kenzie's email. Uh, Kenzie's the secretary. If you don't know, stop in here. There, there's usually somebody here. There's there's usually a minister here. They'll be more than happy to pray and meet your needs. So, Brother Clay, you want to close us out in a prayer? Absolutely. And, and look, guys, expectation. Amen. Prayers of expectation. Amen. And uh, if we have to, we'll hand out trials one day before service, and, be and we'll be building us a wall. Amen. So Amen. go ahead, brother. All right, Father God, Lord, we just thank you for another day you've given us. 
Lord, I, I thank you for means that we get to uh, get on here and share, and Lord, to uh, talk about the message, talk about you, talk about how good you are, and uh, Lord, share testimony about whatever things we're trying to do. Lord, we're not trying to lead them to First Baptist Blanchard. We're trying to lead them to you. And so, Father, we thank you that we have a place here, that God, that we can meet and come together. And so, Father, um, if there's folks out there looking for a church home, Lord, I pray they come and check us out. Lord, if they can't travel um, the journey, Lord, they're, they're getting further and further out that they can only view by podcast or uh, Facebook Live, different means. Lord, you provided all these means. And so, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.